It is the corner three. Welcome to Summer League. My name is Bobby Corella. That's Isaac Harris. Katia is not here. Don't worry about it. But we got Chopper in the back, man. It's like the whole gang is back together again. How's your summer going, Isaac? It's going good. We're going to watch some Summer League basketball coming up. I'm kind of thrown off right now because I've been seeing all this stuff about the sphere in, mm. in Vegas. But also, we have these lava lamps behind you on these screens. So I'm just thinking about lava lamps, big spheres in Vegas. And we couldn't go to Vegas, but we decided to bring Vegas to Studio 41, presented by Chime. So whatever happens in this studio stays in the studio. That is true. Whatever is said in this studio. Including the intro we just recorded that <laughs> is not going to be part of this podcast. All the all the future trades and signings that we're talking about, mm-hmm. it just has to stay here. Yeah, that we know about and have totally been talking about off camera for the last 20 minutes. Yep. Um, yep. I've seen the script, man. I know how <laughs> this ends. I know how this ends and I like where it's going. That's all I can say. Um, okay, so on this episode, we are going to talk about Summer League. Consider this like a Summer League preview, uh, a Summer League viewing guide, right? Uh, you know when the games are. Maps play on Saturday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then that fifth game will depend on where they finish in the standings. I don't know Ooh. how they get every team to play four games and then only two of them go to the finals somehow. Yeah. Like there's no like tournament or anything. It's like, oh, nope, nope, the two teams just go. Like, they all end up with the same record. I also want to look up... I should have looked this up. I want to look up past Summer League MVPs and, like, where they're at now. Ooh, that's a like, good one. Are they just no-name people or... Ooh. You know, I, the only one that I'm actually aware of was in 2017. The Mavs went all the way to the semifinals and lost to the Lakers. The Lakers shot, like, 80% in the first half of that uh, game. They looked unbeatable. They had Lonzo, Alex Caruso. Maybe Brandon Ingram was on that team. Maybe Larry Nance. Like, they had a bunch of dudes playing on that team. Uh, Zubats, I think, played on that team for them, too. Uh, oh, then they oh, went oh. to the finals and lost to the Blazers. And the Blazers MVP of that game is not in the NBA anymore. I don't remember who uh, it was, but yeah, not, not Maybe NBA. Dame was there. Maybe, 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 Isaac. He was loyal yeah. to the Summer League team and yeah. watching them. He's like, I'm going to be in Vegas watching this team play. Yeah. That, that might have happened. Would Who that, knows, though? Who knows anymore? That was the only championship game. <laughs> no, There's, can we say the elephant in the room, though? There's obviously some deals uh, that have been reported that we can't talk about because nothing's official yet with not all the rumored things if you're watching online. Is that okay to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, we didn't record this um, in a separate uh, universe uh, time is is moving the same way for us as it is for everybody else uh, and so there are a lot of Mavs deals that are reported some of them have been uh, tweeted about some of them have been posted by even at Mavs PR threaded uh, involving, about yeah involving yeah threaded are you you're on threads right I am I haven't posted anything oh, okay I'm, I'm nowhere I is don't that even what, have an Instagram account so is that what it's called though like hey I threaded I don't know. Like, hey, I tweeted that. I Do you that. need an Instagram in order to have a threads? Because I've read that you have to delete your IG in order to delete your threads. I did see that trap. but Is it linked? It is linked, but they can be separate. Huh. Like okay. my Instagram's private, but my threads yeah, is, is public. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I'm probably not going to get on either of those things. <laughs> I'm, I'm not ever going to get on Twitter again either. Um, but some of the deals are official. For example, on Thursday, the Mavs um, shared that they finalize the deal to acquire the rights to Derek Lively. 
same for Omax Prosper uh, and for Sean Holmes. And so Lively and Prosper will be good to practice. They'll be good to play in summer league and all that stuff. So Live we can't talk about them. There are some other guys that we can't talk about. So if you're looking for all of that content, you can find it on Locked On Mavs. <laughs> yeah. But then also we'll have plenty of that whenever all the stuff becomes official uh, somewhere down the line. But to tie back to what you were saying about a, a different gentleman uh, a few minutes ago, these moves might take a long time to become official. It feels like yeah. the league the league is in a holding pattern. We I did. like when Woj and Sham say that it's just a no, holding yeah. pattern. Everyone is monitoring. You know, there's yeah, just a whole <laughs> bunch of monitoring going on. Agents like we got are talking. One right here, we got one right there. Like we got one over there. There's just so much monitoring happening. And we did say bye to Davis Bertans. We did. We're gonna miss you, the Latvian laser. Pew pew pew. pew. <laughs> yeah. Mark Fellowell. Good Mav though. You know, I think um I don't I don't want to go into a Bertans diatribe here, <laughs> but we didn't plan this one. Yeah. Uh there is something to be said though for um guys that like have a little bit of fire. Yeah. You know, and part of the reason we're gonna talk about lively and, and prosper here in a second, but Part of the reason why I like those two players in particular is that they do play with a little bit of fire, yeah. you know? And, like, looking back at last season's Mavs team, obviously Theo Pinson's boisterous on the bench. Um, and, like, whenever he'd get in the game, he'd talk a lot, too. But generally, like, outside of Theo, Bertans was probably, like, the most vocal, like, most, like, Dorian sometimes guy. But, yeah, Bertans was the, the angry one of, all right. I mean, we saw some moments in the playoffs to the – Conference finals run and fight. Yeah, <laughs> um, he was fun though. I mean, yeah, he didn't get to play a, a ton here and there, but some of those hot streaks where him hitting a couple threes, it was just yeah, those are fun little moments. Yeah, they were, they were so um, fun voyage. <laughs> uh, Davis, I feel, I do feel like he's going to be pretty good in OKC. Actually. Yeah. Um, okay, so summer league viewing guide. Uh, the Mavs' first game is on Saturday. There's a chance that you're listening to this, and the Mavs have already played that game. So uh, don't click away, though, because there's still at least four more games coming your way. Um, so, okay, all right, we're going to go player by player. The guys that we're going to talk about, Jaden Hardy, Derek Lively, Omax Prosper, A.J. Lawson, McKinley Wright the fourth, and then also Mike Miles, um, who reportedly... Uh, might be getting a little more than just a, a summer league invite uh, with the Mavs. Um, I don't think I can say the term, but that's <laughs> what it is. Uh, so we're going to talk about those one, two, three, four, five, six players in particular. We got timestamps below uh, if if you want to skip around. So uh, Isaac, this is what I'm going to task us with discussing for each player. Oh, I'm ready. Okay, so listen carefully. Whenever I say the player's name, you don't need to just saying it really quick but i want one thing about the guy that you really like okay i want uh what are you looking for from them in summer league so that could be um do you want them to highlight their strengths that could be is there an area of their game where you want to see development and improvement so it could be a thing that you like a thing that you don't like it could be a specific thing it could be a general thing uh and then also projecting forward a little bit where and how do you think they'll fit in the rotation this season or within the Mavs plans? For example, a two-way contract guy, they can't play in every game. They can't even dress for every game. So, like, I don't think we're carving out 20 minutes a night for A.J. Lawson or McKinley Wright, but <laughs> they will have opportunities at some point, or it could be what do you want to see from them in the G League or whatever. Yeah. Okay, we good? I'm ready. We clear? I'm excited. We set? <laughs> yeah. Let's go. Let's bring some energy Who's for our first? boy Who's Davis Bertans. Jaden Hardy. 
What's one thing you like about Jaden Hardy in general or that you saw last season or whatever? Um, I feel like offense will be the easy answer. I'll go with the joy he plays with and the joy of his personality. I think it's so much fun. I mean, I think it was uh, Jared Dudley, summer league coach for the Mavs. Uh, in Vegas, I think he was talking about uh, his laugh the other day. It was Dudley or somebody in uh, one of the uh, post media sessions after practice of saying, "Hey, when when Jaden laughs, you can like hear it across the floor, and you you know it's Jaden laughing." And uh, so that's one of my favorite things about him. I'll do on the court. His offense and his three point shooting last year was just a huge thing for him. Of I mean, his his role was up and down, but whenever he, you know towards the end of the year when he's playing a little bit more, I mean, he was there were times I'm like. I kind of expect all the threes to go in <laughs> whenever yeah. he would take it. And he, uh, yeah, so he was one of the more consistent three point shooters for the Mavs towards the end there. So I really like uh, his confidence. I like that he shoots with conviction. You know, um, he does not shy away from shots. And that is like a, that's kind of a real thing. We saw it with a lot of players on the Mavs last season. You miss a couple shots in a row, the ball's going to find you again. Yeah. Do you have the the nerve to shoot it? You know, if you're going through it, and and Hardy never backed down. In the same way that a guy like Tim Hardaway Jr. is always willing to take the shot, um, you know, for better or worse, you need guys that are gonna let it fly. Yeah. You know, um, and I like that he is a gym rat. I really, really like that he's a gym rat. He is a he's a hoopers hooper. They said he Jayden took Hardy. what like two weeks off. Or yeah, something like and that. He's just then, been working. Yeah, which is important. Uh, it's really important. And now you know, in summer league. What I'm looking for from him is kind of stuff that sprang up as maybe weaknesses or like areas of improvement in the last year's summer league. Mm. Can you run an offense? Obviously, he can score. And I think in in at least the the near term, um, you know, with the Mavs having Luka and then, you know, uh, reportedly coming to terms with Kyrie, you know, Hardy on this year's team is probably not going to be running 30 pick and rolls a game, and he's probably not going to average five assists a game or anything like that. He's probably just going to be asked to go get buckets. But projecting forward down the line, maybe even in March or April, or maybe even if one of those guys misses time, like let's say Luca misses two months, you're going to need someone to step up. You know, can he fill the void as a playmaker whenever the game calls for it or the situation calls for it? And then also, um, he had his handle was a little loose in mm. last year's summer league, um, which we didn't really see as much in the NBA because he wasn't wasn't dribbling as much in the NBA. It was a lot more catch and shoot and simple plays. Yeah. But when you're running the offense, if you're trying to break a guy down off the dribble, or if you're dribbling into traffic, trying to finish among the trees, can you protect the ball and not get stripped, not get it poked away, not get blocked, whatever? Can you just can you can you display a little more ball security and then also a little more like we Dudley gave this very long, very good quote about finding the corner shooter, finding the late lob. If you're able to find those guys a couple times in a row, then the defense is going to suddenly back off and everything's going to be easier to score. So can you use the pass a little bit more to help set up the score? That's what I'm looking for from yeah, him. Yeah, like what's his future position? This is something I'm, I'm kind of curious in of, you know, he's been playing more off ball, this scoring two guard role if you want to do the, you know, one twos and all that. Can he develop enough playmaking to be a future point guard in the league. That's something that with the ball handling, with the playmaking part, can he run an offense as a point guard? You know, I think it was, um, it was Fred Van Vliet in, sorry, I can't remember what interview he, he was talking in, but he was talking about whenever you're a, a guard that size in the league, when you're looking at like the six, two range, 
you have to be you have to be really good at two things to succeed for a long time. You got to be able to shoot the three ball at a very high rate, and you got to be able to play defense. And for Hardy, I want to see, you know, he, he shot forty percent from three last year, but can he defend other point guards? You know, better. I wouldn't say he was like horrible last year at defense, but I think that's an area for him to get better defensively, guarding other guards, but also can he take on a point guard? You know, one of the things we talked about last year a lot was, hey, who's who's the third ball handler on the team? Mm -hmm. Can he be the third ball handler? Could Do they need to bring in somebody else to be the third ball handler off the bench, uh, or can that be Jaden's role? They're going to need not only him to handle the ball, but also him to score Yeah, because, you know, the, the wing position still has – you know, plenty of shooting, but I wouldn't say outside of Josh Green, there's probably not many guys. And this is sort of looking forward to where he fits in the rotation this year. There aren't many other guys on the team that can like just p truly facilitate, truly initiate or do any of that stuff. And so Hardy is, you know, again, uh, reportedly agreeing to terms of Kyrie. Hardy is the third most dynamic player on this team. Yeah. Um, and he's going to have to play that way. But in order to stay on the floor, you, you got to defend. Yeah. And I agree with you. I don't think he was necessarily bad at defense last year, but I do think he was like 19 years old at <laughs> yeah. defense last year. Yeah. Um, and so better awareness is going to be important. And then also, crucially, he is like the quickest player on this team, probably, or maybe the fastest, whatever, the most, yeah. maybe even the most explosive player on First this team. Step. Yeah. He is probably going to be having to defend guys at the point of attack a little more yep. than last year um, because, you know, the Mavs really kind of only point of attack defender last year was Reggie Bullock. Josh Green, maybe not quite ready for that. You certainly don't want Kyrie or Luka chasing around point guards all game long either, and so you're going to need guys to be able to do that. Who Would Hardy be your answer if I said, hey, pick one Maverick to watch in Summer League that you're like the most excited to see, or is it one of the rookies? Got to be Hardy, dude. I know, I think so. Cause like, I'm excited if, for... If he just like goes and averages like 30 points a game, like could <laughs> be... My my heart is ready to watch Omax, but I yeah I think I think it is Hardy, and especially when you saw the quote from Jared Dudley the other day after the very first practice when he said Chaden Hardy's went to a whole different level, and that just gets you excited as a Mavs fan mm -hmm. of like man well what if and so let me let me throw this question at you if Jaden is at a whole new level what does that mean for this Mavericks team this year if you can like oh wow Jaden is now this yeah I mean if you like. You don't even have to really squint your eyes to see Kyrie and Luca averaging like 50 a game combined or even more, yeah, depending. Um, and if you're getting 15 a game or whatever off the bench from Hardy or 18 a game from Hardy, then like you literally never have to worry about offense. Like mm -hmm. you just don't have to worry about offense at all, um, which is really nice because <laughs> yeah. this organization seems committed to improving on defense. And so if you don't have to worry about the other end too, then that makes it a lot easier. Uh, and if he becomes more than like, this like kind of cool sixth man. Like if he becomes like a, the other team is like, oh no, this dude is checking yeah. in. Like you don't get a break from Luca. Well, like one of those two leaves the game, yeah. and you have another guy you got to worry about just as much. Then they become pretty terrifying to have to stop. That that was the point I was to say of like, if a team, you know, if Kyrie gets in foul trouble or Luca or one of them, it's like one of them sets out and to have one or two of those guys on the floor at all times, like there is no break. There's no, all right, now we can breathe, you know, for the other defense. And I, it just, I'm, I'm really curious of if Jaden 
has taken that big step forward. If he does this upcoming season, we see him have some breakout summer league games or he pulls a, you know, two games and he's like too good to play in summer league. Uh, I hope they don't do that because I want to watch him play a lot. Yeah, I need five games. <laughs> yeah, I need, I need a lot of Jaden games. Give me but... 200 minutes. <laughs> uh, that's, I mean, yeah, I just, I'm really curious what that means for the Mavs moving forward. Now, I do want to give a little disclaimer. Remember, this is a summer league viewing guide, okay? If the Mavs are going to ask Hardy to run the offense, it means that he might like not average 30 a game. Um, it also means that he's going to be getting different shots. He's probably not going to be getting as many catch-and-shoot threes. He might be taking more step-backs, more off-the-dribble threes. He might be... Um, I remember there was a game in the last summer league where... One quarter, Hardy was like shooting almost every time, and then one quarter, he was like passing almost <laughs> yeah. every time. And I even at the time I was like, Yeah, this is like coach, they're telling him to do this. There might be times where he just doesn't shoot, there might be times where he just doesn't pass. So, things that you're seeing on the floor might not always make sense. Um, you know, like basketball logically, there's probably a lot of coaching going on. Uh, and also, if he has a four for 14, it doesn't mean that he's a bust. It just means that he just <laughs> shot it bad. Like so, you know, I I want to I want to hype everybody up for Jaden Hardy and for all the these guys we're about to talk about, but I also don't want like Brandon Miller had one bad quarter in his yeah. summer league debut and like the city of Charlotte is on fire now. Like, yeah. come on, like just just relax, just yeah. preemptively relax. But if Hardy scores forty, plan the parade route. Don't relax. Yeah, do <laughs> not relax. We'll see you in Victory Park. Yeah, whatever you do. Okay, uh, let's let's talk about your guy now. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to delay it anymore. We can't uh, delay it. I can't even claim him as my guy, dude. On the draft broadcast, I was so fired up whenever they made that trade. I texted you. I texted a lot of people. Uh, Omax Prosper. I can't claim him as my guy though because you've been you've been banging the Omax drums for months, <laughs> and I was like, you're kind of annoying me with how much you love him because <laughs> like the Mavs had the tenth pick, they're not going to get him. <laughs> I was like, are we sure not at ten? <laughs> Uh, but they end up getting him. It was great. Everybody knows how how pumped you are if you listen to Locked On. Um, can you narrow down one thing you like no. about Omax? <laughs> I don't think I've gotten so so many tweets in a su such a small time frame of when that draft pick happened. It's just like, oh my gosh! Um, Is it like the best moment of your life or the second best? Like <clears throat> Omax having kids, getting married, or is it like? I think Omax is at the top, or maybe sandwiched in between. Okay. Just don't tell my kids. Maybe this will be deleted by the time they get older. Uh, <laughs> They're like, how much Omax? longer is YouTube going to be around? Really? <laughs> um, man, there's so many things that, uh, about him why I did like him um, in the draft. I mean, I tend to when I when I look at a lot of draft prospects, especially where Dallas has been over the past few years, I tend to really look into those those bigger wings that's in that six seven to six ten range and like all right let's see like i was really big on tari eason last year and this year i was, I was uh, you know looking at different prospects and then i kept on going back to omax and i'm like why is this guy not higher up the list because everything you want in a guy like that like why pj tucker is still in the league when he's 53 is like you know and why teams still want him around in the league it's like the same thing of like why you would want i think an omax prosper guy on your team and so if i have to just say one thing about him i would say just his his energy and motor of what i mean we we would talk about josh green a, a lot you know last year when they would put Josh into the game, and I don't know if it's just a testament to the other guys on the floor, but it's like Josh would stand out so much because 
he would just be you know like flying all over the floor energy explosiveness and like that's the stuff with Omax that you're going to put him out there he's going to work his butt off kind of like Dwight Powell in a way too that he's just ne he's never going to stop and at his frame he's six seven six eight seven one wingspan I mean we could go all day on his background and you know him him as a person too I mean I feel like he kind of like dominated the intro press conference of just like dude Derek Lively's saying all the right things and is like <laughs> just being the perfect soldier and yeah then, and he's still Omax is still just winning the day he's yeah like, Come he, on, man. he's just like he has a, that infectious like personality and stuff too um I could just keep going on Omax but <laughs> yeah I mean we could talk for an hour but I, I got all day man um what I like about him a lot I like Everything you just said, energy, defense, size, all of that stuff. Um, I like that he, you know, at Marquette, he's not the point guard. At Marquette, he wasn't, I mean, he's probably the team's best player, but, like, he wasn't, like, taking 20 shots a game or whatever. Yeah. He didn't have the ball all that much. He still moved a lot, and that is very important, uh, as Mavs fans know, because there, at times, can be a lot of stagnancy within the offense. Some of that is by design. Luca likes the floor space very particularly. He needs you, you to be in the corner whenever he's looking to his right. He needs you to be in the left corner because he's going to whip that no-look past you. And if you're not there, it's going to be bad. But Omax cuts a lot. And I, I really, really like that. He waits until his defender's head is turned and he's going to the basket. He waits until his teammate puts the ball on the floor and then he's cutting on the 45. And when he catches it on these cuts, a lot of times he's pump faking which sometimes in the NBA could get you into a little bit of trouble. You don't want to pump fake out of a dunk. Um, but in college, it was very successful. Uh, 47 cuts, drew a uh, shooting foul 36% of the time. Mm -hmm. So got fouled a lot. Sixth in the Big East in free throws, shot 79% on cuts too. Big, strong, powerful, athletic guy with a massive vertical leap. Stampeding toward the basket. Uh, you know, these guards are going to find you and you're going to go up and finish. And so the Mavs not only um, missed, I think, just positional size last season, but especially after the Dorian trade, there just wasn't a, like a, a wing, especially when Josh wasn't in the game, there wasn't a wing that was going to the basket. Yeah. Uh, whether it's to, to collect a pass for a, a basket on the cut or to get an offensive rebound, just keep possessions alive. You know? yeah. And so that kind of ties into the energy too, but just the willingness to cut, not being afraid of getting the ball and doing something, you know, I, th I think is, is really important. You mentioned his vertical. He was uh, top four of Max Vert at the combine, 40 and a half inch vertical. He was second at the combine in standing vertical. Um, top five in agility drills too. Yeah, it's like, I mean, all the combine numbers, you're like, all right, let's go. The defense thing I was, uh, I was wanting to mention a while ago was his versatility on defense. Of You watch, you know, we're just throwing some names out here that got drafted, but you look at the type of players that he guarded in college, him chasing around Jordan Hawkins at UConn around screens, him bodying up Cam Whitmore, him defending a Colby Jones at Xavier. And just, I mean, these are three different types of players that Omax at 6'7", 6'8", you know, was chasing around screens or playing, you know, big body Cam Whitmore. So, like, that's the – defensive versatility that Dallas has missed. And, you know, I'm not saying that Omax is going to play 35 minutes night one or all that. Uh, I don't, I don't even know what his spot in the rotation will be this year, but Dallas just desperately needs these bigger wings. I mean, every team does, but I mean, you see, you know, a Denver in the playoffs and you see, you know, the, you see, you know, the importance of a guy like an Aaron Gordon for Denver that Dude, it, they're closing out the, 
finals and he blocked that jump shot like in the fourth that was like kind of the the nail in the coffin yeah and it's like they have aaron gordon and michael porter jr both at you know 610 there's just so there's such an importance now of having these bigger wings uh, and another reason why i like omax yeah yeah okay what if that translates to summer league um Real quick, Mavs history lesson uh, for the uninitiated. 2017 Summer League roster was, by the by Mavs standards, loaded. Dennis Smith Jr., Dorian Finney-Smith, uh, pretty sure Nico Brusino was on that. Not sure. Maybe not. Ooh. Yogi Ferrell was on there. The Jonathan Nico. Motley was on there. Brandon Ashley was on there. Uh, Kyle Collinsworth was on there. Dominated, went undefeated, went all the way to the semifinals and lost. You look back at Dorian Finney-Smith's Summer League numbers in 2016 and 2017, they will leave you wanting more uh, <laughs> shot like in the 20s from yeah. three, and I think even from the floor too. So guys that do kind of the three and D stuff, guys that are more, um, not to diminish them, but like energy, defense, yeah. hustle, that kind of thing, not necessarily going to go for 35 the way that we're, we're hoping Hardy will. Um, so what are you looking for? From him, is it just well, energy, or is it something more? Well, that that's the important thing. Summer league, a lot of times, is, it's the big scoring games that is basically the thing that gets the most love in summer league. And you know, with Omax, this isn't somebody you're going to look at and be like, "All right, he's going to have a big game and have like 27." I'm not expecting that at all. I think you know, I think you can get that. You're going to get that out of Jaden. I think you're going to get some scoring games out of Mike Miles. I think you know, Lively can hit some threes and you know probably score a little bit more. So I'm not expecting big scoring games from Omax. I'm expecting one of those like overall games. I want to see a couple blocks, a couple steals. He's busting his butt defensively that you don't forget that he's on the floor. I think that's the biggest thing of, hey, I he might not be putting up 30 in a game, but there's never a moment that I'm forgetting Omax is on the floor because you're seeing his impact all of cutting to the basket, having a dunk on the other end. He's blocking somebody. He's diving on the floor. That's what I'm wanting to see from Omax. And you look at the Mavs Summer League schedule, and this is kind of what you can expect. First game, OKC. Omax is going to be guarding like Jalen Williams. Uh, he might be switched and guarding Trey Mann. He might have to guard Chet Holmgren <laughs> a little bit. So how do you do in against those guys? Uh, a couple games later, Golden State. Is he going to guard Trace Jackson Davis? Like, mm -hmm. Is he going to have to bang down low? Uh, and then next game after that, Indiana on July 14th. I don't know if Ben Matherin will be playing by then, but Ben Shepard will. Uh, is Jairus Walker going to be out there? Like, there's a few guys Indy has. I'm like, hmm, that would be interesting. Omax is going to want the, the Jairus Walker matchup to be like, hey, are we sure that he was worthy of drafting that high above me? Dude, yeah, because they are kind of – Jairus Walker is like the fully realized Omax, yeah. at least like in the scout's eye. I loved Jairus Walker too. Man. I know, Those yeah. Those two guys, just I yeah. love them both. Um, so the, the matchups are very interesting too. Just how does he do? Yeah, I guess what I'm looking for is does he make it tough? That's all that yeah. I I realize in the NBA that you can't really defense is not really like a that much of a thing. Um, can you not be a total target? Yeah. Can you hold your own? He's um, not. He's not going to have the the sexy stat lines that people are going to freak out about and put on graphics and stuff. But that's not what Omax's specialty is. Like at least right now, or what I'm expecting mm. right now, and. Yeah. There's so many cool things, you know. Yeah, we could go all day about him off the floor too. He speaks four languages, yeah. which you know, giving Luca a run for his money there. Um, yeah, there's just so many cool things. I, I would say, you know, for him, 
the biggest thing that he needs to improve on or show more consistency on is is his shot. And you look at when he first came into college, he was 17%. Uh, I think that was at Clemson, um, mm-hmm. that 17% year. But Didn't get many minutes, though. Yeah, but then he jumped up to the 32%, 34% from three as a junior. So he's at least showing improvement. Uh, let's let's see how that looks, you know, once he gets into the league. That's going to be the, the kicker for him is, like, they're going to, I mean, we've seen this with Dorian. They're going to leave you open. You're going to be the one they choose to leave open, especially if you can get on the floor with the Luca, Kyrie, and some of these guys. You got to prove that you can hit the open shot. Did shoot it well from the corner, though, um, to give him a little credit. Although, granted, college is always going to be like a little smaller sample size. Um, but 23 of 55 on corner. Three is last year, which is 41%. Or, no, sorry, I'm lying. 18 of 48, so 37.5%. So. Um, read the long, read the wrong line in uh, uh, Milner's NBA shooting database. Uh, good resource. Um, where does he fit in the rotation this year? Can you fill gaps? Can you just defend the guy that they need to defend? Can you make the play that needs to be made? Can you dive on the floor? Can you hit the open shot? Can you get the offensive rebound? Can you win 50-50 battles? Because that was a huge problem with last year's team. Anytime there was a ball on the ground, Anytime the ball hung on the rim just a tick longer than you expected, anytime there was just a ball bouncing away the wrong direction, yeah, other team got it like way more than fifty percent of the time. At his uh, at his intro presser, uh, I asked, I really asked both of them, but just Omax answered, and I was wanting to hear Lively's answer too. But a little bit of that, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, hey, you know, assuming both of y'all watched the playoffs, what, you know, how does your game, how does your skills translate to playoff basketball? And Omax, he, he directly mentions Christian Brown from Denver. And he's like, look what he did. The energy, the diving on the floor. And that's honestly like that type of role. I mean, obviously two different players, two different positions. But like that Christian Brown role of, you know, he came in, there's a handful of minutes here and there for that for Denver in that, that finals run. That Can Omax play a role like that? And I love, even in that answer, he had that quote, and he's like looking at me, I'm like, dude, you're like looking into my soul, because he's like, I promise you, no one's going to want it out there more than I will. I'm like, oh, oh, let's go. Can I order the the jersey now? Um, Yeah, Dallas uh, Mavs Fan Shop, you can go there for when jerseys come out, and and, uh, I'll be... uh, I'll be getting me a Prosper jersey. Yeah, they better have more than 15 in stock because you're just going to buy... <laughs> so buy them all and hand them, them out to people. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so that's on Max Prosper. Next, Derek Lively, Mavs lottery pick. They traded down from 10 to 12 and got their guy. Um, workout darling, zoomed up draft boards. You know, the three-point shot was a big reason why. I'm not going to say that's the thing that I like about him because I don't know about his three-point shot. Uh, yeah. You know, centers, threes. But what I do like about him, it's kind of, I alluded to it a little earlier. He blocks shots and he really likes blocking shots. And when he blocks a shot, he gets fired up. And that can have like a contagious effect, you know, on your defense. It's not just like, a, I'm going to block the shot and then get back. It's like, no, I'm going to make a defensive play and I'm going to like roar and I'm going to growl and my teammates are going to get fired up and they're going to dig in more because I'm dug in. And like, you know, in the same way that you're, point guard is the leader of your offense the center can be the leader of your defense uh emotionally and also just in terms of like saving your butt if you make a mistake and lord knows the Mavs made a lot of mistakes on defense last year um yes uh 
Yes, they did, Isaac. Don't lie. As Michael, I know we work for the Mavs, but we don't have to lie. As Michael Finley said, did you watch his play last year? Yeah. A uh, <laughs> lot, lot of holes in the dam for him to plug, but he enjoys he enjoys solving problems. You know. Now, um, that ties into the thing that I want to watch from him in Summer League, Summer League is sometimes you can kind of like try really, really hard to block shots. Um, you know, JaVale sometimes got himself into trouble with that. Plenty of players over the years if you block two shots a game, it means you're trying to block five or six shots. Can you time it right? Can you not just totally sell out to try and block a shot? If you're on the right side of the lane and a guy's coming down the left side of the lane, can you trust your teammate to contest the shot and you get into position to rebound as opposed to, I'm going to leave my man and go try and be, make this like Hall of Fame level block and then all of a sudden my guy's just dunking the putback. Yeah. You know, so can you block shots and protect the rim without just doing too much just yeah. do the right amount and that's a very very fine balance and a very tricky one for such a young guy to, to 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 figure out yeah i had for the thing that he needs to work on is where i'm worried about however we worded that is his fouling mm-hmm. as you see with young bigs and especially somebody who loves to block shots um you know how many fouls is he gonna get in his first you know first few games get him out of your system go ahead and yeah and some really you get 10 that's <laughs> yeah. so really hard to foul out Eight fouls yeah. over under for uh, <laughs> now you know lively is such a fascinating prospect coming into the draft seven one seven seven wingspan he was a number one rated prospect you know back last year before Duke coming out of high school that you know twenty twenty two class he picked Duke over UNC and Kentucky and you know he he has how do you feel about that <laughs> great yeah because <laughs> yeah, Duke is. Awesome. If he would have gone to UNC, would he have played alongside Baycott, or Baycott. how would that work? I don't know. I I don't think they could have played. I think yeah. Yeah. So he, I mean, he made the right choice. Baycott's just there forever. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, you look at the season. You know that season at Duke because he comes in as that highly you know touted prospect. He has this like preseason calf injury that kind of just threw him off at the beginning of the season. And then it wasn't till the end of the season that you're like, oh, okay, now you can see the full defensive potential of him. And I think for some fans, you could look at it and be like, all right, well, he only scored five points, and you know, a game uh, in, in college. And just looking at some of his, you know, shot charts or, um, you know, the three point shot is such a a polarizing thing with him because when you look. You look at his pro day that happens in Chicago. So Rafael Barlow, uh, NBA big board, travels you know the the world. You know, and, and he's like the number one Derek Lively. He's like a Derek Lively. Trooper. He is, and he was he was on Nick and I about Lively for a long time. And I was a a late bloomer with you know with Lively in, in a sense of I was like, all right, you know, bigs, you know, young bigs, they just take a while. I don't, I didn't love some of the stuff at Duke that I seen early on, but I did like some of it later. And he's like, trust me, he's he's legit. And he's uh, and then he was you know reaching out to us after that pro day thing in in uh, Chicago. It's that late, super late night uh, clutch shooting you know performance with with him working out. He gets fourteen straight threes. Everybody's freaking out, and it's like, all right, well, can he shoot? And this is the thing when you look at. Uh, college numbers, and you look at three-point numbers, uh, you look at college. So he took 13 threes in college. He only hit a couple threes, and but he only took 13 of them. And if somebody's looking at it saying, okay, well, that means he's not a shooter. Well, I would caution that because... What if he would have made eight of them? <laughs> like, yeah. Is well, he the number one pick? I mean, come on. Well, I caution it because... 
who is somebody who said that they're the greatest shooting big man <laughs> of all time? You know, uh, Carl Anthony Towns, you look at his, you know, his college numbers. He only took eight threes in college and only hit two. Really? Yeah. Because wow. that's just how Cal used them at, at Kentucky. Yeah. And it's just a, a point. Now, obviously, Towns, I joke about Towns. He is one of the you know, better shooting bigs in, in the NBA. But it just goes to show you that just because you didn't take threes or you didn't hit a ton of threes in college as a big man, it doesn't mean that you can't shoot them at the next level. And going back to Rafael, I pulled this uh, for today because he sent us you know, this a while back. He says the best scouting advice he, Rafael ever received was from Bam. And Bam told him, he said, teams passed on me in the draft because they didn't watch my high school film. And Bam mentioned his ball handling and passing instincts were all in his high school grassroots film. And that's what Rafael's making the point of, hey, the Jairus Walker, Derek Lively, Brandon Miller, you can't just look at some of these guys who go to the, uh, the Blue Bloods and say, all right, this is exactly who you are. Because a lot of times they're fitting into a system, into a role with other high prospects. And I think that's when you're looking at Lively, and you're like, all right, he fit into this role. He had all these other prospects around him. But is there more to his game? And you start looking at some of his high school stuff, and it's like, dang, like you look more fluid out there. And it's like uh, he's you know, draining some threes and stuff. So my big prediction, or I would say big, is I think Lively's going to hit like three threes in a game in Summer League, and, pe and people are going to freak out yeah. and lose their mind. Yeah, and then uh, – Sorry, that was ooh. a long-winded like shooting thing, but – I just think it's important to look at it and say, I'm not saying he's going to be a knockdown, you know, Dirk <laughs> in the NBA with threes, but I also don't think we should write him off either and say, well, dude, you only hit two threes in college. I don't think you can shoot. Mm. I don't think that's the case. There is value too in being able to step out. If nothing else, stepping out to the corner, mm. even if you don't shoot it, even <laughs> if you don't get the ball, yeah, you make a couple on film at some point and then your man has to step out just a little bit further just to get to you. Um, you know, you think about how whenever Dorian was here, um, the Jazz would stick Rudy Gobert on Dorian. Dorian would just camp out in the corner all game, and Rudy Gobert would never block shots against the Mavs, you know, for the most part. Yeah. He's having to worry about Dorian. Uh, and if you don't, then Dorian's going to score 30, and then he's going to give an awesome <laughs> quote on the broadcast <laughs> after the game. So it is it is one of those things where in the NBA now, um, we saw it with even the mighty Golden State Warriors, you cannot have two non-shooters on the floor yep. uh, at any given time. And if your center can shoot the ball, that opens up a lot of possibilities. And uh, that isn't to say, like you said, it's not to say that he's going to take five a game or yep. even one a game. He might take seven three-pointers all season long. But five years from now, maybe he's able to take three a game and he's able to knock down one or two of them. Yeah, and is he, is he a, a young Brooke Lopez in yeah. four years? It took Brooke know. Lopez, what, 10 years or something <laughs> yeah. before he finally started chucking them, and now he's like one of the best shooting bigs in the NBA. And just got paid yeah. like it. a lot of money, even and though he's, he's like 60 years old. <laughs> yeah, you know? Know. Yeah. Like that will get you paid because it allows your best player, Giannis, to not have to take five threes. Yep. If you can get out of the way and let Luka work his magic in the lane and around the rim and all that stuff and open things up. You can do that by setting monster screens for him and rolling, dragging your guy with you and burying his 20 feet from the rim. Or you can do it by stepping out yeah. while Luca works with another guy. Can I also say this? I, I think what Dallas is doing right now, building this um, system around lively for him to succeed is so important. You have, an assistant coach in summer league and Tyson Chandler, which everybody's talking about right now. Who going back to fouls is the best verticality player outside of Draymond, probably the best verticality defender mm -hmm. like of all time. 
So a great teacher for him yep. and an actual, an assistant role in, in summer league. And we've seen all the pictures from practice and he was talking about him the other day, quotes and all that stuff. Um, dang. I just realized, I don't think I can talk about the second one. <laughs> reportedly yeah there's coaches a, yes there's reportedly a, a, you know somebody that coming in that has a history with working with other bigs uh and one that used to play in utah and rudy gobert and all of that uh you also look at okay never mind i was gonna say somebody that could be coming back <laughs> as like a vet vet mentor um mm. uh, on the team um all right let's just screw that whole part luca uh, yeah, Luca. I'm just saying uh, it, it. Dallas is taking a proactive approach to putting pieces around Lively to both help him on the floor and off the floor, both as teammates and non-teammates. And I, I think that's really a really good thing that they're doing with you know a lottery pick. It's been a really long time since the Mavs have actively tried to develop a young big. Mm. Like they've had guys come in over the years. You think about like okay, Dwight for example. They, they very slowly developed Dwight. You know, part of that was because they're just on that team. It was Dwight. It was Sala. It was uh, they had David Lee on that team. Oh my they gosh. had uh, uh, who was in 2015, 16. They had like five centers. I think I had Dallenberg the year before. I yeah, can't I don't, I don't now. remember. There was a, it was a, a lot of guys. A lot that, of guys on that team. That was before Bogut, right? It was before Bogut was the next year. But that was another one. There's there's just always been like the three or four bigs in those early years, and Rick was, you know, given preference to the vets. Um it took Dwight, what, four or five seasons probably. Now Dwight was also a four year college player, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Derek Lively played one season in college. You think about like Nerlens Noel came here in twenty seventeen, played a little bit, played a little bit the following season as well. Okay, he got his development and seasoning with the Sixers. The last time the Mavs drafted a rookie big man, you gotta go like a, you gotta go back a long time. In the lottery? Yeah. Like, in the lottery. I mean, like Dirk. Never? Yeah. I mean, but Dirk is like a wing. I know. You know, I mean, even... you've got to go back to like Jay Vincent. Like this is <laughs> we're going way back to the early days. And so it's been a really long time since Mavs fan have seen this kind of thing happen. Uh, you take a guy with the twelfth pick, he's probably not gonna start. Uh, but big men's big men's <laughs> the responsibilities of big men uh, evolve over time. So like early in his career, um, what can you do? What is your NBA skill? Rim protection. Okay, yeah. so go protect the rim, and then in all other aspects of the game, make your teammates' jobs easier and bring the juice. Yeah. You know, get offensive rebounds. Set monster screens. Set a pick, yes. If you foul setting a moving screen, hey, that's fine. Just don't do it again. Uh -huh. You know, like, don't do it next time. Um, learn. learn. Learn how to learn, roll to learn. the basket. Yeah. That is a skill. It is a skill. Mm -hmm. And it's it's especially important on a team with Luka and then reportedly Kyrie and whatever. Uh, like, Jaden Hardy even. Luka plays at a different speed than Jaden Hardy. And so if you're running a pick and roll with a guy that's going to scream around the corner and get in the lane, you better bust your butt to get to the basket. And yeah. maybe setting a rock-solid screen isn't as important because it becomes a foot race. If you're screening for Luka, you got to create some separation by setting a big screen, and then you got to time your roll right because Luka's going to trot and juke and hesitate and kind of like matriculate his way to the basket, and he's going to get you that pass late. He's going to get that pass way after you think the play is over. All of a sudden, it's going to appear. And Dwight mastered the timing of that. Many, 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 many other bigs have come through Dallas over the years that have not been able to figure out that timing with Luka. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, 
that will be very important. It's a, it's a very uh, slow burn, probably, process, but the payoff could be immense. So I, I agree. Infrastructure around him is really, really important. Yeah, and I think, you know, back to one of my original concerns, it's kind of like his name out of it, but just the idea of a, a, of a rookie big man. It's like, all right, you start looking at some of the bigs that are drafted, how long it takes for him to, you know, make an impact, adjust to a league and all of that. I think the counter to that is, once again, not even talking about Lively in general, but just a rookie or a young big. I think the counter to it is you look at the position in the NBA and saying, all right, well, if our big or our big moving forward can be at a cap number that is of a draft pick, then that opens up more money you know, to spend for the rest of the roster. So I think that's, you know, I think when you start seeing some of the teams get, you know, they get kind of trapped into these massive big contracts for, you know, a big man that, you know, depending on the matchups and playoffs, you're trying to figure out, can he play here? Can he play there? And all that. I think the, the positive is like, man, can you have a good big man on a cheap rookie contract? Like that's, that's huge for roster building. So. Having good players at any position on a cheap contract is really <laughs> yeah. important. That is also something that we haven't seen much around here <laughs> over <laughs> yes. the last several years. The one good example of that though was 2018. Uh, Luca, Dennis, I don't think Yogi wasn't on that team in 2018. 19, I don't think so. Um, they had like they had a few guys on uh, on cheapish contracts, and then you got to pay them. Yeah. Um, and that part kind of stinks. Not for the players. It's <laughs> awesome for the players. Yeah. Uh, but the Mavs now have at least for this season, you got Green, Prosper, Lively, Hardy, all on rookie deals. How cool is it's that? Pretty though? nice. Like four young, good, like young players that yeah, like real upside. Yeah, we have a summer league team that we're all excited about watching that. You know, and Dallas is still win now mode, and you know wanting to you know be put out the best team possible, but also have a young core too at the same time. Like in a perfect world, you're like threading this needle of like being a good basketball team and going for it all, but also having a handful. Yeah, the two timelines. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it worked it, really well. It, I mean, it, they did win a championship. It's it worked for a lot of, of teams. Got weird after that, but they did win a title. Yeah, so hopefully, Mavs won the title and then the rest of it doesn't happen i will take a title and dealing with the weirdness later yeah <laughs> yeah me too uh okay so that is hardy lively and prosper now the next three guys uh two of them are on two-way contracts one of them uh reportedly in negotiations for that so uh you know maybe not spend 500 hours on these guys but um i want to start with aj lawson yeah who Really, like, I don't know if I'm, like, too high on him, but he was, like, really pretty impressive <laughs> yeah. down the stretch of the season last year. He was impressive in Summer League last he year. He was. He was awesome in Summer League <laughs> yeah. to the point where, like, Mavs fans were a little upset. I think he got a two-way deal with maybe the Wolves. Timberwolves, yeah. Uh, and then ended up not sticking around with them, came back to the Mavs, and got a two-way deal. He was um, he was a little too good, Isaac, in that, uh, in that Bulls game right at the end of the year. Uh, Mavs were trying to, <laughs> trying to grasp defeat from the jaws of victory there uh but Lawson no, nobody's was, talked about that in the media yeah no uh I don't even know what happened there but he was really good um one thing I like about him he's is like a little smaller version of Dorian he's just this <laughs> I love he, how you talk to talk about him like he's like a he's Pokemon just so he's precious <laughs> yeah but like he oh, just look at Bulbasaur he goes he gets all he just does the stuff that coaches like yeah he just plays hard he defends he works hard crashes the glass like he this is a the, you talked about the wisest piece of advice that Raphael got 
the sagest wisdom that I've ever heard in my life working in the NBA came from uh, the great Mike Procopio, mm. former Mavs player development coach. He said whatever the number was. It's gone up in the last few years. But like 35 guys in the league average 10 shots per game. It's a little more than that now. Let's say 50. Okay. 10% of the league, you're getting 10 shots a game. What about the other 90%? Like, what are you going to do? How are you going to make yourself valuable? What are you going to, like, um, succeed at and, and yeah. uh, excel at better than everybody else that's going to make you worth keeping around? Mm. Like, every team has one or two max guys. Every team has a couple guys in the mid-level. Every team's got five or six guys on the minimum. There's a whole lot of guys that don't have jobs right now that are better than some of the players on the Mavs and better than some of the players on the Nuggets and all that stuff. What makes you valuable? What are mm. you going to dominate at mm. other than scoring? And having guys that are willing to do the, the dirty stuff, you yeah. know, the stuff that no one really like thinks about or cares about, stuff that no one is going to fight a Twitter war over. It's not Dirk versus KG we're mm. talking about. This is AJ Lawson versus the next wing that's hungry. What is AJ Lawson going to do? And he just goes hard. And that's what I really like about him. Yeah, I mean, when you look at, you know, two-way spots, it's like, hey, can I just get a bunch of wings in, in those spots? Because every team needs wings. But, you know, 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, um, I thought he shoot, shot the ball pretty well um, last summer league. And then, you know, you can look at some of his numbers last year and the few games he played and say, all right, he shot 40% from three, you know. And, um, but – yeah, super athletic. Um, he's about to turn 23, I think. Uh, I think his birthday is like coming up pretty soon. Oh, a well, happy birthday. Um, shout out to Jaden. Jaden's birthday of the other day. So I'm sure he'll be uh, getting up shots. In AJ Vegas. Lawson's birthday, July 15th. It is coming up, yeah. Yep. And yeah, Omax's birthday, birthday, birthday the other day. was recent as well. Yeah, yeah it was. A lot, of, a lot of July birthdays. I know. So, uh, so a whole lot going on. Yeah, Jaden's... Getting up shots. And do you think? Really. Do you think he got invited to the to the Vegas party thing? <laughs> Jaden? Yeah, the one coming up. Oh, okay. I thought you meant the other party the other day. I'm like, eh. do you think he was there? Uh, no, <laughs> no. There was a Celtic there. There was. <laughs> yeah, or former Celtic. Yeah. So, a Celtics free unrestricted unrest- uh, free agent. Yeah, and that was that was cool to see. But anyway, I don't know, man. Maybe I'm just a hater, but. I don't even want to talk about that party or, or that video <laughs> just did not look like a, <laughs> what did everybody do? Did he just mingle? Or? Dude, I don't know. You know, th- did you see the video like a few years ago of like Madonna, Kanye, there was like six or seven people on a couch and like, it just had like the most horrific vibes. <laughs> yeah. I, that party looked more fun than that, but I don't know. <laughs> now, needless to say, I have nothing in common with anyone there and none of them would ever want to know me. Um, but <laughs> I can't Kyle, imagine being at that party. It'd just be really. Kyle Kuzma might. Uh, I don't want to know you. That's true. It's possible. <laughs> he was there. I do have one big thing in common with one guy that was at that party. Oh my gosh! I don't even want to know. I guess Pokemon <laughs> or chess. Um, I can't comment any further on it, Isaac. <laughs> but I trust you know what I'm talking about. Um, what are you looking for from from Lawson at summer league? Can he continue shooting the ball well? I, I think he's. I think he's a good defender. I think he's a super athletic wing that. Yeah, you you want him. I want him on the you know in a two way spot or proving himself in the league. But I think can he continue to hit the three at a high rate? That's the thing I want to see. It is important. Um, you can bring the defense. You got to shoot it too. Yeah. Um, energy is something that travels, but shooting is what's going to like keep you kind of on the floor if you're a defender. So 
that is important. Um, and you know, unlike last year, when you know, no disrespect, obviously, or whatever, to the to the Mavs summer league roster last year, but they were not competitive in really like any of those games. This year's team, I'm not guaranteeing they're going to win the title or whatever, but at least there's more talent in the backcourt than there was on last year's roster. And so Lawson figures to get like better looks and maybe even more looks just because there's more penetration and more attention and more creativity. Um, so th- he, I think he has a chance to, to be productive. I feel like he had to create a little bit more last year than what he'll have to this year. Mm-hmm. Whenever you have you know Jaden McKinley-Wright, Mike Miles, like I, you know, even Jelly, I think we'll have a handful of dudes that can create. So can he show that he can hit that, hit the catch and shoot three consistently? That's the thing. All right, you just named him McKinley Wright. What's one thing you like about McKinley Wright? <laughs> I love his no fear in the paint. Uh, there was a few, you know, few games last year that he got in for the Mavs towards the end of the game. You're like, dang, like I mean, he's pretty small. What, uh, what's his height at? He's I right don't know at what six he's listed, but he's. <laughs> He's, I don't know if he's little, six foot. A little J.J. Barea yeah. uh, height listing here. Uh, but, no, I mean, I, I love how he can get into the paint. I love his feel uh, finishing around. You know, I think the go-to for him is his defense. But I think that's what surprised me because he came in last year at, in my mind. It's like, all right, you're a defender, a point guards, point of attack guy. But then he surprised me some with his feel around the basket and his ability to finish, uh, you know, around you know bigger guys in the paint. So it felt like – like you said, his feel, you know, unfortunately, Luca and Kyrie missed more games last year than I would like the best players to miss. And so uh, Wright had to play a lot, you know, especially in the second half of the year. Yeah. Um, it felt like, especially in home games, that the offense still, like, mostly made sense, you know. And this is like, a, you know, it was essentially his first full NBA year last year, and he was on a two-way contract. And so I'm not trying to, like, belittle a guy or patronize by saying like oh you could run the offense but like that really does matter because there were other guys on the team last year when, when they got the game that w- that wasn't necessarily the case um so he can kind of run a team now it felt like in road games sometimes like you lose the thread a little bit but that happens in the nba um i think that he it, he's got to be able to shoot a little better i think that's what's yeah. the separating factor for him Outside shot, he's got to, he's got to. I mean, I feel like that's the, I feel like you say that about so many guys, but yeah. it really is. I mean, he has, he has NBA point guard skills on defense yeah. and just in terms of general running of a teamness. Yeah. How much catch and shoot do you think he'll be doing in Vegas? Like, Gosh. do you think he's playing off Jaden? Do you think he's playing off Miles or Walker? Like, who is he out there with? Well, I think we have to see what role they want for Jaden. Do they want to continue running, Jay, running Jaden off ball? Uh, or do they want Jaden on ball more? And do they want to use Vegas as this time to really try to test out Jaden running point guard? Because then, yeah, I think you'll see more catch-and-shoot stuff. But if they really want to lean in and commit to Jaden being an off-ball guy, um, kind of like what he played last year and playing with other points, then I don't think we're going to see a, a ton because I think you'll see McKinley Wright and Mike Miles run point. One thing I am excited to see is Prosper, Lawson, Wright, with a rim protector behind them, you can kind of be a little more aggressive, you know? Yeah. And I'm curious, like, I, I meant to actually talk about this whenever we were talking about Lively, is at Duke, obviously in college, there's always, a, like, a post, so you're generally around the rim all the time. But at Duke, sometimes he'd step out, but other times he'd drop. Yeah. So what are the Mavs going to do? Are they going to play more drop? Is Are they going to play a little more conservative with him and funnel guys to him? 
are they going to play him with drop and say, hey, if you're on the perimeter, like get in your guy's face and like you can take some chances. Yeah. Um, or are they going to have him kind of do the sort of like pseudo hybrid, like play close-ish to the level of the screen, but you're not switching kind of like they did with Dwight where you're sort of like getting closer to the action, but you're not totally in the fray. I'm curious to see um, how that goes. But in summer league, at least, there's always more turnovers. There's always less ball security. Everyone's a little sloppier and a little more, uh, the action is a little more hectic. And so for Prosper, Lawson, and Wright, whenever you have Lively behind, I, I expect them to, to take their chances. Yeah, and not not to go back to Lively, but I, I do want to just for a second. I do want to see him run pick and roll with some better point guards, kind of taking a shot at Jeremy Roach at Duke. But, like, I, I want to see him run a pick and roll with a Jaden, with McKinley Wright, with Mike Miles, obviously at the next level with, you know, Kyrie and Luca. Um, but also I want to see for, for Lively how much um, muscle he's put on. You look at some of those high school clips of him and they're like, all right, pretty skinny, pretty fluid, uh, really athletic. Then you see even seeing the difference of what he looks like when he first started his season at Duke and to what he looks like now. He, it looks like he's put on a decent amount of muscle. He looked so. even kind of beefier by the end of Duke's season. I like know. I was watching the Synergy stuff out of order and I was like, this is yeah, not like, the same what, guy. What is, because you start looking at some of his like post defense stuff, and and it's like, all right, you're kind of <laughs> Bobby is <laughs> Bobby doesn't like the post defense numbers, <laughs> <laughs> um, and you're like, why are you not better defending the post? And then you watch a bunch of those clips, and it's like, all right, sometimes you just got you know bully balled in there by some of the bigger centers. So mm. that's what. You know, he's obviously making an effort to put on more weight. I want to see what that looks like on the on the court on Saturday. Yeah, and that could be a multi-year process too. Yeah. And there's always kind of a balance because like Tyson was never super jacked. Tyson was like always kind of lean, um, but he was still like kind of strong. I mean, Porzingis just went off and on for like five years. Yeah, but like what you want to be able to do as a big man is like be strong enough to take the beating and – but not so bulky that it slows you down. Yeah. Uh, you don't want to be like trunks fighting cell, but you also need to be able to like stand vertically as a guy's coming into you and not wilt, you know? So like yeah. you need to be, it's this weird, there's a, there's a very like, it's like the, the habitable, habitable zone of, uh, of, of faraway planets. There's this very narrow, like, uh, opportunity. What, what's trunks? Um, Okay, so there was a character in Dragon Ball Z named Vegeta who had a baby with this woman, Bulma. Vegeta. Vegeta, yes. Okay. The Prince of All Saints. He had a baby with a woman named Bulma. Um, Trunks is what they named him. Wow. Now, Trunks comes back from the future as a, like a teen-ish. He's like 18, 19 maybe. Um, to warn the present-day uh, Dragon Ball Z crew about the androids uh, and about Cell mostly. Well, kind of, actually, mostly about the androids. Um, and then he ends up taking on Cell. But what he does is he makes the mistake of getting so bulky and so strong that he can, like, handle the brunt of beating Cell. And he's so powerful. And he can, like, crush rocks with his fingertip. But Cell just outquicks him. It's like, this... a, like a little tiny boxer getting inside a, a, a bigger one, you know? Is this where we get swimming trunks, like the name? No, that's different. Okay. Totally different. So Mike Miles, I think he was <laughs> beaten into the ocean though. Like <laughs> Trunks got, he he took it pretty good. Okay. That was not even perfect cell either. I don't right chopper. I think it was that was fourth stage cell. I want to say tough. 
Bet, bet y'all didn't see that content happening. Yeah, I, I might have gotten some stuff wrong, chronology of events. I apologize. They'll let you know. Yeah, comment below if you know more about Dragon, Dragon Ball, Z Ball Z than Z. what I just let on. Uh, okay, Mike Miles. Um, one thing I like about Mike Miles, what a wonderful guy. Yeah. So we went to the Combine. Uh, we had an interview with seven, I think, players in this year's draft class who are from DFW. Uh, Mike Miles went to Lancaster High School and then played basketball at TCU just right down the road, right in the Mavs' backyard, Isaac. Yep. Um, and we talked to him after the final scrimmage, like the last day of the Combine. Uh, just, hey, you're from Dallas. There's so many other guys from Dallas. And he's like, oh, it's just the, <laughs> the coolest guy to talk to. Uh, really, really nice guy. Good attitude. Um, uh, I don't want to get this wrong. Uh -oh. Three or four year player in college? Three. Three? Okay. Yeah. Um, just such a hooper. Just a, yeah. like a, just a basketball player. Such a fun dude to watch. Mm. When I, whenever you watch him, I thought he was a little bit smaller, but then you look at some of the measurement stuff, and he's like, all right, 6'2", six 6'3", six somewhere through there. Um, dude, his finishing at the rim numbers are insane. Like, for his, I mean, it's like And it's not like he's dunking over guys. Yeah, exactly. Like he just knows how to, I mean, I, I don't want to even say the name, but Jalen Brunson is not jumping <laughs> over guys, and Jalen is like 6'2". You know, there is just an element of craft to his game. Yeah. Yeah, I would say he, you know, he's got some speed, explosiveness to him. Um, there's some defensive stuff that that I like. He he's just fun. He's fun to watch, and he knows how to play point guard. Mm. Like that's, you know, one of the one of my favorite things about Anthony Black in the draft was, and it, it sounds so like dumb and cliche, but like his feel for the game uh, at the point guard spot, and just how to find people and vision, and just keep a connector type. Um, I wouldn't say Mike Miles is the connect. I think he's a little bit more of a scorer than an Anthony Black or something like that. But um, I think size. I mean, honestly, I mean, I wrote this down. Like, if if Mike Miles was six five, like he would have been drafted, right? Like, yeah. I mean, there were mocks that had him going like in the thirties and forties. Like, know, I'm I'm completely mystified as to how he wasn't drafted. Yeah. I'm being totally because like at the combine. Okay, sure, he's only six one, six two, six three, whatever it is. But like, there were multiple scrimmages, and he was just so clearly like the most adept guard in any of those games. Like, yeah. it just like his team was playing a different sport than the other team. That's why I was like, if he was six five, would it be like a twenty five to forty pick, like somewhere there? Yeah, that, that. So like, yeah, I think his size is the biggest thing uh, to hurt him with that. I wrote down uh, probably I don't know how you want to do comps, but like I wrote down like a Tyus Jones type. Okay. Of of that I could see him playing that type of role. Uh, floor general. Yeah, floor general, backup point guard spot. Um, yeah, I just I just think he's a fun player. I don't know what how it's going to translate to, you know, what his role is going to be uh, with the summer league team, but I think he's fun. And, yeah, he played played right down the street. Yep. Uh, a guy that you really liked in the, in the draft, um, Jaime Akez. Yeah. Again, just another guy that just – you just like know how to play basketball. I don't know. It yeah. is this very intangible thing. You want to call it feel for the game. I call it like you can um, turn on a random game where no one is wearing numbers and you don't know anything about any of these guys. And like, it takes you maybe two minutes to realize like, yeah, that guy just like knows what he's doing. Yeah. You know, he just there's looks some, comfortable. Yeah. There's, there's some players that 
um, I, I call him like the Energizer Bunny or the high school uh, running back that plays basketball that you just kind of like unleash him. Mm. And you're like, hey, you're athletic, you're muscular, just go out there and make a play. And you can tell it's just like pure athleticism. And then there's some guys that's like, hey, you're not going to be on like Sports Center top 10, but like you just know how to play the game. And there's just so many different types of players like that. And so I, I think Mike Miles is one of those dudes that he knows how to play the game. Uh, he also played on the. Um, Played in the 2021 FIBA U19 World Cup on the USA team and stuff, and won a gold medal um, and all of that. Well, there so, you go. Yeah, salute. I, I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, Fourth of July week. Yeah, and we're talking about <laughs> this. He's a hero. Gosh, wow. <laughs> Let's go, Mike Miles. Yeah, and that isn't to say you know obviously like there are super athletic players that do know how to play basketball too. It's not yeah. like uh, you're one or the other. Um, I think the 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 main reason that he probably didn't go drafted is because he's like six two. Yeah. Another one, his three point shooting numbers weren't like the best in the world. Um, which kind of like we were talking about with McKinley, Wright, That does matter a whole lot. Um, 36% on three last year, which is respectable. That is the college three year before 29.5% from three, not as good, but last year, 18 points per game, uh, 56% on twos, which in college is pretty dang good because there's a whole lot of bodies in the lane in college. <laughs> yeah. It can get pretty messy down there. Um, okay, what are you looking for from him in summer league? Um, can you? Gosh, I want to say like can't. I... The question I have, I, I it's not even a question. Like, because I, I, I want to see will he play point alongside like a Jaden Hardy, and will they put the ball in his hands and say, all right, just run the thing, like. Let's see, because I, I think that's some of the problems sometimes with summer league. Whenever you see a team that has a bunch of athletes or you know, a bunch of prospects, but they didn't bring in a point guard to kind of run the show and set the table, and then all of a sudden you can't really see all the see the players and like their strengths because then they're playing out of position, and then it's like, all right, I need somebody to go out there, set the table, and let's see what some of these prospects are gonna. Let's see Derek Lively running pick and roll, pick and pop, something like that. So. It's not even really a question, though. I like I, in a weird way. It's like I feel like I. I mean, I, I guess his. I want to see his like what is his scoring ceiling? I guess in score in, in the summer league, can he have a Jaden Hardy type of scoring performance, or is it just going to be like floor general? I'm going to get everybody open. Yeah, I'm curious to see how many. Um, maybe not even like how many shots he gets, guys. But like, does he have the make around make guys around him better badge mm. you know can he serve up open looks for omax yeah can you get if someone's really got it going hey if aj lawson's made two shots in a row can you find a way can to get him find, another yeah. shot you know because like you have this know-how you have three years of college experience you are you're a basketball player can you go put guys in position to to succeed you know? yeah can you feel it out um because you know summer league is not like the ncaa tournament where that you always hear like guard play really matters. But if you can run like a pretty professional offense in summer league, you're going to have a, you're going to have an advantage over a lot of other teams. And between Wright and Mike miles, that's two guys that can really kind of run a team. And then you have a couple gunners alongside of them that, that, you know, if, if you can get them open looks, then you're going to be in pretty good shape. I think. Yeah. I want to see what he, um, his, his dribble pull up jumper, you know, cause when you look at his feel, as far as, I mean, we talked about him scoring around the basket uh, shooting the floaters, runners, all of that. But then you see this drastic drop to the, you know, he shot 28% at 
at, at TCU on just on pull-up jumpers. So kind of like the opposite of uh, Jalen Hood Shafino from you know Indiana went to the Lakers. That you watch his pick and roll numbers and dribble pull-up jumpers, you're like, all right, this is like all day. He's gonna get this all day at the next level. Kind of the Chris Paul range of you know pull-up jumpers there. Um, but he took like 17 catch and shoot shots all season. <laughs> something like it's wild. just hilariously low. Yeah. So like with Mike Miles, if you're gonna run the pick and roll, which you assume you're going to uh, run at a point, can do you have the ability to be able to pull up for that jumper and hit it? That's he's got to prove that. Yeah. Well, we'll see. There's a lot to look for. There's a lot to watch. There's many conclusions to be drawn. A lot of takes to be had and made. Um, the action all starts Saturday. That is July 8th against kind of like a, a super team. I know. Is Jalen Williams going to play? Like, uh, I mean, they all played in the other one. He got pulled and he didn't play in like the last game. And I think Salt Lake or Sacramento or whatever, because he was like okay. too good. But they, I mean, so other right. Jalen Williams is also on that team. I mean, they got That's like true. six NBA players. Well, according to Holly Rowe, that oh yeah, one that's fake Jalen. <laughs> yeah, his name isn't even Jalen anymore. He changed it to to John. Um, yeah, they got a pretty they got a pretty loaded team. Most so, most exciting Mavs summer league team since the 2017 team is that was really good. Dennis's right. debut, yeah, it was awesome. You know, and they they had a lot of guys on that team that could make some noise, but that's been six uh, years. It is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a really exciting team. I mean, there's, you know, there's a lot of legit NBA players on this roster. Um, there's a guy that should have been a first round pick, and there's many guys that are first round picks on this team. Um, so it should be really really fun. I'm expecting to see some good professional caliber basketball. Um, and not, you know, the last couple of years at summer league have been a little rough at times. Yeah, there's a chance that. You know, when you, you count the roster going into camp, you know, they'll take 20 into camp. But after it's all said and done, you'll have roughly 15 spots. Then you'll have the th three this year, three two-way spots. So 17 or 18 players. I mean, there's a chance that you could see six of those 18 in, in summer league. A chance. And then, you know, uh, one or two camp invites or maybe even more, honestly, yeah. could be up for grabs uh, from guys on this roster. Yeah. And we've seen in the past, too, you know, a couple of years ago, the Mavs signed uh, Eugenio Marui and um, Ja'Cory McLaughlin to two-way contracts. Omarui was on the summer league team. Um, McLaughlin wasn't. And so the Mavs will also be looking at other guys, other teams' guys. Um, you can change out your two-way players whenever you want, just like you can with guys in your on your real roster. And so no matter who is under contract for the Mavs, those guys also have to earn their keep too. Yeah. Because uh, someone could take your job. So a lot of competition, a lot of competitiveness, a lot of fire, hopefully a lot of talent, and hopefully a lot of wins coming this week. We will be covering it all. We'll have player highlights up on our YouTube channel. Um, we'll have some streams coming back, baby. We're going to start streaming again. Studio is under construction, not only to get the uh, the lava lamp going behind me, but also to get some <laughs> air conditioning in this room. So it's, it actually feels pretty good now. Um but we're going to start streaming again here very soon. The way to know whenever all the content comes out, the way all the streams are happening, all the podcasts, all that stuff, follow at MavStudio41 on Twitter. That is at MavsStudio41. You can also follow Isaac at Isaac L. Harris and listen to him every single day, including weekends. Yeah, we've been going on for Mavs. a couple weeks now. So we're probably nearing the 20 straight days mark at this Oof. point. Are you... Trucking all the way through to yeah, the World okay. Cup, or what are you doing? You gotta keep going uh, at least until some potential other you know roster moves happen. Like what? 
Follow us on Mass Studio. Find out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got to listen to the pod to find out. So, uh, all right. Very good stuff. Isaac, thank you for joining. Checking. Hi, man. Do not disturb on my phone. Just making sure there's no other notifications oh, out there. No. Nope, like, uh, Jaden Hardy like is like, I'm not playing in Summer <laughs> League anymore. All right. Well, we got to start over again. Okay. Uh, thanks to Chopper in the back. Shout out to uh, everybody that uh, worked on this podcast. Just just y'all two and me. Uh, and we will see you next time. It is the corner three. Isaac, Bobby, Chopper. See ya. We miss you, cat. <laughs> <laughs>